For anybody just tuning in, uh, this is your host, True. I'm here on the phone with Sharif Franklin. Um, I won't take too much time to do an inter uh, introduction. It's good to have you with us, Sharif. Thank you for joining. Thanks for having me. Um, briefly, I wanted uh, to get a chance for you to share a little bit about your work and what you do and um, a little bit about you know what you love about your community that keeps you going in that work. Um, well, um, I've uh, been working in the community for 30 years now, 30 plus years now. I, um, I started off when I went, when I left UCLA working in corporate America, working for, uh, Japanese, uh, selling properties to Japanese trust funds you know, with an investment banking group here in, in Santa Monica. And, uh, it was one day. I was uh, looking out the window of our Santa Monica office building and my boss at the time looks out towards South Los Angeles and we're standing there, we're drinking our coffee and he looks at me and he just says, you know, one day I'm going to build that place over there for people like me to live. And I was just, I just looked at him and I'm like, doesn't he know that I'm from that community? Wow. And <laughs> before I knew it, I looked at him and I said, you know what? Me too. I quit. And so I go, t I took off down the hallway. And back then I was always in my, you know, Brooks Brothers suit and my little Kenneth Cole shoes and I wore pearls. Uh, and I'm running, I mean, literally running down the corridor and he turns around and, and he's, uh, you know, walking fast towards me. And he's like, you can't leave. We've taught you everything. And I turned around and I said, exactly and I went downstairs and at the time I had been um, chided by uh, Mandela Kaisi I'm sure you know him mm. he you know was constantly calling me telling me about this uh, organization in South Los Angeles He's like you need to go and work in the community they need you and I'm like I'm good I'm working in corporate America I'm, I'm okay he's like mm -hmm. no you need to call you need to you need to go so on this day when I decided to run <laughs> from my job, literally, I go down and I get in my car. And back then we had those big old cell phones, you know, they were like a brick. And I, I put my little top down on my car and I call Mandela. I'm like, okay, where is this place you want me to go? And he goes, uh, concerned citizens, you have to be at the library on Vernon and Central at 12 o'clock. I'm like, where is that? And he, mm -hmm. and then he tells me where it is. And he goes, I knew you'd come around. I'm like, just stop talking to me. I said, let me, let me just get out of here. So I go on that Saturday to Vernon and Central, and I walk into the library, and there were three women, uh, Juanita Tate, um, Charlotte Bullock, and Robin, Ca Robin Cannon. And they literally had the head of, we had this redevelopment uh, agency at the time, literally pent against the wall. And I said to them, you know, what's going on? I walk in. And Juanita, she, she had these long red fingernails and she pointed it at me and she goes, are you that little heifer they keep saying they're going to send from UCLA? Now, mind you, I went there in my Brooks Brothers suit, my little pearls and my chemical shoes. Wow. And my hair was always, you know, flattened. And I was like, are you talking to me? And she said, yeah, I'm talking to you. She goes, will you tell him this blankety blank to give us some blankety blank money for our blankety blank community? I'm like, oh my God, I just left my job and I came here. What's going on? So I looked at the guy and I said, you know what, sir, it looks like to me, you've got two choices. 
I can leave or you and I can go in this room over here and you can tell me what's going on. <laughs> so I, he said, no, 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 please don't leave me. Cause you know, so I said, okay, ladies, let me, let me figure this out. This is like two minutes into my meeting. Mm. And I, we go into the little room in the library. I'm like, who are you and what do they want? He goes, well, I'm from Tom Bradley's office. This is my first community meeting. And he collapses in my arms. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I go, well, what, what's going on? He goes, well, Tom Bradley wants to build some affordable housing in the community. And, and we're just trying to make something happen. And I thought $5 million. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that's no money. I said, well, I'll tell you what. Does it look like I can, I can help you? And he goes, yeah. And I go, okay. I said, I'll tell you what. You give us $3 million and you take that other $2 million someplace else. And, uh, you know, we'll just make this happen. Deal? He goes, deal. So 10 minutes tops, I get my first $3 million. And wow. I walk back out and I tell the ladies, I said, um, well, will $3 million do, ladies? I had no idea what we were doing. Okay. And they go, yeah, yeah, that'll do. So I was <laughs> like, okay. I said, what do you want to do with this money? And they said, we want to build some affordable housing because our people are sleeping on the ground. Mm. I was like, wow. So the reason I'm here today is because they took me. This, I'm sorry this story is a little long, but this is what happened to me. They took me to this lot on 27th and Central. Now, I have to back up a little bit, and I'm sorry. When I was a little girl, I attended um, Second Baptist Church, and I still am a member there. But my aunt attended Crouch Memorial Church of God in Christ, which was holy and sanctified. Mm. So their church was popping every Sunday. My church was, you know, we sang old, old Negro spirituals. It was kind of like, oh, slow. Very, very low key. Right. So I had to ditch Sunday school. And then I went over there. And then I decided to go and play and uh, swing from this tree. And I remember in my Sunday school dress, it was yellow. Mm. I swung from this tree and I did a backflip a little bit of a tomboy and I fell down and I cracked my knee out open and blood's everywhere. And I stand up and I go, God, why doesn't somebody clean up this lot so I could play? So fast forward and these three ladies oh take me to this lot on 27th and central. And I saw a little piece of rope on that magnolia tree where I used to swing mm. That was it. I knew that God, that's what he wanted me to do. And I, we cleaned up that lot and we built 40 units of affordable housing. We raised $5.7 million and that's what we do. That's what I've been doing. Wow. That's, yeah, that's a sign. And that's a story too. Um, wow. That's a, that's a lot. I mean, I'm thinking immediately <laughs> that's, that's such a, that's your first 10 minutes. You, you, how do you take, what do you, how do you even, like, what did you feel? Like in that, you get, you get $3 million, you got somebody crying in your arms and, and then you're also just kind of thinking about leaving your job, your, your responsibility and all that. That's, that's nuts. That's nuts. Yes. You know, sometimes, you know, we're experiencing it now, which is those moments in time. And I think we have to listen to that. We have to take heed and, um, you know, um, I think, God is always trying to tell us something, you know, that saying, mm -hmm. and we have to listen. And mm -hmm. that's what happened to me. I really felt, I mean, when I walked onto that lot and saw that, you know, magnolia tree, I mean, I literally felt the warmth of, I felt God come over me in that moment. 
and everything I needed to know, he showed me the way. We syndicated tax credits. Um, I didn't know how to syndicate tax credits, but I knew we needed to do it because we can raise another $2 million. And I read and I would stay up at night. And back then, Central Avenue had a lot of prostitution on the street. And the little ladies who would be on the street, because I was working, because I was trying to figure it out. I'm like, I know I'm here for a reason. Mm. How do we get all this money to build this housing that Juanita wants? And, you know, they would knock on the window and say, what you doing in there? I go, no, the question is, what are you doing out there? Why don't you come on in here and sit down and, you know, (laughs) understand what we're doing? And so it was, it was a very dichotomous uh, opportunity, but I had, you know, it's just, I, I went with everything that I felt God was laying out and it just, everything has been a series of pathways that have been opened up. And then of course, not for me, but I believe that I supposed to be doing something so I can help my community. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's, that's my, my life. That's what I believe I'm supposed to do. I don't know about other people, but for Cherie Franklin, yes, I have to open up doors. I have to be a spook sitting by the door learning. And that's how I, what I think I was able to do when I was at the investment firm. I learned a lot about deal structuring and real estate and um, uh, investments. And I, and I, I was there to learn so I can do what I do now. Hmm. So for just for anybody who's not like too familiar, um, I, I guess what what is redevelopment when you're you know and speaking of yes. communities? So it, it's many things. Um, um, our communities are um, we need a lot of things. We need housing. We need to revitalize our corridors, our infrastructure. And uh, it's related to urban planning and how we plan our communities, where things go, where they don't go. How much do, do we have oversaturation of things like liquor stores? Do we need more parks? Do we need more uh, a beautification? Um, could be building shopping centers. It could be building things we don't have. So you just have an opportunity to look at the landscape of your community and be a part of making it better, being a part of making it something that's good for people um, like us <laughs> to live there um, so that it's holistic and it's, and it's healthy. Um, that, and that's, that's what it, it is. We've, we've um, condensed that idea into the concept of urban resiliency. You know, we're very resilient. Of course, every piece of land in our city almost has been built or rebuilt at some point in time, but who it's built for is always the question. So we say we can build for us and by us, and we have all the talent to do it from design and architecture, planning, land use, uh, engineers, um, you know, people who are finance, operators of, of housing or stores. Or, we right. can do all that ourselves. We don't need other people to, to manage things for us. We should own things in our community. And, right. and that's what our focus is, is to use the breadth of knowledge that we have to, to drive resiliency and ownership legacy and wealth building that seems that's such an important thing i feel like right now i know like you know um a lot of my peers like you know we're younger and just kind of the way the way that we're you know or the way that i feel um as an artist it's like you know we we have so many opportunities to to you know to um i guess expand our reach uh, how many people we can reach or or you know, we get opportunities to do big things and, and get these rewards for it. And I'm starting to think about 
you know, the way that artists have an, uh, not only have an influence over, you know, members in the community or in their own homes, you know, far away, but the kind of um, the kind of things that the kind of habits that we influence um, just from what people listen to and how the type of lifestyles that we live in. A lot of my friends, you know, right now, we're all, everybody's all, you know, the climate is, is, is tense, needless to say. Um, and a lot of a lot of people are responding in different ways. Something that I'm interested in is, is a lot of people are, are starting to say, you know, cool, the protests are, are one thing, you know, the, the, the sharing of information, the fighting for policy. Something that um, keeps coming up is, you know, this fight for space and this fight for, you know, ownership uh, in the black community and, and that for us, by us theory. And so, you know, in, in South Central, I was wondering, you know, what kind of changes you've seen as far as ownership of these properties and these spaces, um, you know, over the last decade, be it for more black businesses or even just, you know, I guess, um, gentrification of, of different, you know, people moving in and, you know, different developers. I'm not sure how that works, you know, specifically, but I assume that there are private investors and there's also, you know, stuff that goes on that the city wants to conduct, right? Yes. So, um, you know, my, my um, philosophy is that, um, you know, we, we should own what other people want. If other people are moving into our community, one, why are we selling? Two, why don't we create our own visions for what it should be and leverage the value that it has ourselves? Hmm. And three, um, we should never let go what we've had. You know, the, the grass isn't necessarily greener on the other side. Uh, we can make our own green grass and we have to believe that and know that. And if we stick to those, you know, that as a principle for how do we value our community, then these conversations about what others are going to do or what they want to do, you know, can't exist. Um, mm. If we do that, We've, we are, we, we had uh, have a history of, of in our African American community of people owning real estate. Now, in the last you know, 10, 20 years, people, oh, I'll put my money in the stock market. So I do not support putting money in the stock market. So just so I just say that to people, <laughs> unless it's into a Black-owned business. <laughs> so, uh, you know, yeah, it's like, true, true. who are those people? Who do they employ? You know, where do they work? Where do they take the value of that money and put it in their own communities? So to me, it's the greatest way to, to take wealth out of our community. Yes, one or two individuals may make some money off of the stock market. But uh, when you own a store or a business or you're investing in your own business, they're employing our, the people in our community. They're employing the people who uh, have, you know, gone off to college and are now back in their communities and need, you know, a, a great job. Right. So, so that's, I encourage people to look at investments within our communities. Um, and that's one of the things we've made a commitment to do is to make sure that there's opportunities for uh, business op businesses and investors to to get together and to create resilient and businesses that can become legacies it's very important it's just that people don't have time to talk you know somebody's starting a restaurant or they want right. even if they have an IT idea where do they meet and how do they talk and how do they bring that idea to fruition we need to create that environment because that's what's happening in other communities other communities all day long, they're talking about deals. They're talking about real estate. They're talking about how do we buy? How do we grow? Right, you know, what's right. next? 
Um, and we should make that a part of our daily conversation or at least a leadership team, you know, focused on that so it can benefit others in our community. It has, we have to want to own our own. We have to do mm. that. See, and that's, that's where I, you know, I was, I was really curious to speak with you because, um, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I just keep wondering how do we, you know, how do, like for somebody like me, you know, how do, how do I encourage my peers to see that kind of urgency or see that kind of importance? Um, you know, where does that conversation start? So it, it actually just starts now. It starts where you are. Um, I, 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 there's, you know, I tell people there's nothing magical about development. Our, our people before us, our grandfathers and fathers and our ancestors have been building and creating, you know, since the beginning of this country, you know. Right. So um, we know how to do these things. We don't let anybody tell us this is rocket science and it's not. You know, we know how to run businesses. We've been doing that. Uh, we know how to innovate. We've been doing that in many instances without credit or having any ability to benefit from it. So we just need to, to recognize our value and, and own it and leverage it and support, you know, support people. I, I listen to all entrepreneurs. You never know who has a great idea. Uh, it's amazing, um, and we need to give them a platform uh, to be able to create and to think. We need thinkers. We need in a, innovators to have a space to do that because that's what makes um, um, entrepreneurship work is innovation and understanding the market and where it's going. We've got to create the market. So you and your friends get together and just talk, start talking about it. Start looking into business ventures or development or whatever it is that you're interested in. And there are resources to support you. I mean, you can right. consider Urban Design Center absolutely your support. If you said, hey, we're going to build something, we're going to create something, then it's my job to, to, to help provide you with the resources and the tools to do that, to, to, to help guide you through that process or to create internships so that people can understand, you know, all the nuances of construction management and, and uh, design development and financial packaging or, or even management of the asset itself and, and business enterprises. We've, we've uh, we're created other you know, opportunities for people um, in the cannabis industry. We've created the Govardi Incubator, which is a social equity incubator. And we're creating a food uh, service type of incubator. So um, we're, we love when young minds want to come to the table because without you, um, it's, it's not, it can't last. It, it just doesn't go anywhere. Mm, I, I, I totally agree with that. It, it, that. You know, I see, I'm the oldest of uh, five of all, you know, of all of us. And I always see my little brothers and sisters like making little trinkets or like, like crafts that actually serve, you know, like, a, like my, my sister made a juicer out of, <laughs> you know, cardboard, stuff like this. And I'm like, yo, the way that, wow. the way that minds are working, I'm like, I can only imagine what happens when, you know, people, people like, you know, us, their elders can encourage them to just stay on that and, and continue to just put thoughts and, and ideas out there so that when they get to our age, then they go to, you know, go to those spaces where they can get those resources to really um, flesh these ideas out. That's something I'm trying to see more. Yes, we have as part of our resiliency studio, we have the, um, the STEM urbanist 
and uh, I'll share all that with you. But it's really meant to provide that um, environment for innovation and to help upskill, you know, uh, people's abilities and help them learn, you know, what they need to know to, to you know, just totally, you know, um, when when they're in their work environment or their business environment um, and so we, we just wanted to craft not a job development or career development it's, it's none of that it's really about um, helping that person um, become the master of what they know whatever that is it's art it could be music it could be you know uh, construction plumbing it could be you know, a restaurant, restaurant, it could be many different things, but sometimes people need uh, just to have a window into methodologies or window into what is the best practice for making this happen. And right. if you don't have anyone who's there to share support with you, then it makes it a little bit harder. So we wanted to, to bring all that to, to the table. Definitely. Definitely. Is, um, so where, where can people, I guess, uh, stay up to date with the kind of project or just staying informed um you know i, I like to sh i like to share around different town halls or different flyers and stuff like that whenever i can so you know where can people stay stay up to date oh so our website would be um, urbandesigncenter.com we uh, are relaunching it in uh, before july 1st so that we can run uh load up our platform that we've uh, built out so but you can go to urbandesigncenter.com and we share what we're doing and what other projects are happening that we're involved in or supporting and businesses that we're involved in supporting we you know we manage business improvement districts here in the city of los angeles and um, west hollywood so we're working with a lot of great businesses that we can share we have the we also have the GoVerdi Incubator, which is GoVerdi.com, which is a cannabis-based uh, uh, business that um, we've launched with uh, uh, six companies in, in GoVerdi. So they're doing cultivation, manufacturing, distribution. And, and it's about poetic justice. It's about showing that we can own and operate our own businesses. And it's particularly right, something right. that African-Americans made a viable um, type of industry. So we are very proud of that uh, launch and uh, we'll have a lot available on the GoVerde site. Um, and we welcome everybody to join our resiliency studio. And if people are trying to upskill or learn about um, development or a business venture, uh, we welcome people to join our uh, STEM urbanist uh, program. We'll have lots of, uh, lots of information available and lots of teachers online as well. Hmm. That's good to know. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time and sharing all of this, of course. Um, what are some, um, I guess, just kind of a question that's been on my mind, um, you know, in, in light of all the, all the chaos, uh, just how are, what's the way that you're, you're healing and kind of keeping your, your balance so that you can remain focused and clear headed and do the work that you need when you're called? That's a great question because, of course, it is something that's in the forefront of all of our minds every single day, every single moment, and and that that's what we have to tell ourselves. It is so important that we take this moment that brought the attention to uh, 
racism and the impact of racism uh, in our communities, both physically and mentally, mm-hmm. that we stay very clear-minded into an approach, a methodology for creating and supporting systematic change. And mm-hmm. every one of us can play a role there in, in any way. If you're out protesting or if you want to you know, get together and help focus on changing laws, if you want to um, have a podcast and, and share and educate and expose things, we, if we all, if we vote, I mean, that, that's a m- another major thing. If we all just vote, right. uh, that's so important. And I, I you know, um, we, we all play a role and we have to do it now. It's just one of those moments in time where we can, cha- we can just move the needle. We've, we've got to move the needle on this or it's, it's just, I think humanity is at stake. And, and I think America is at stake because the world is watching and right. we are not being the moral, you know, moral, you know, God that, you know, the United States wants to be for the world. Hmm. Um, no, and no, no we just have failed. Yes, hmm. we failed there. And we're just not doing what we should do as, as a country. And I, I'm just so excited to see all the young people that are just, they're innovating the approach. You know, they're innovating the strategy. They they're taking it to the next level because they understand how systems work. And that's, that's what we've needed to get it to this next level. We've had a lot of forefathers do great work in civil rights, of course, but um, these young people today, they're doing it. And I'm so proud of them. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it, Sheree. I appreciate you. Thank you. Bye-bye.